Hello and welcome to the latest Argus Fertiliser Matters podcast. My name is Mike Nash and I'm the senior editor for the fertiliser team based in London. And today on the show, we're going back up the supply chain to the amazing world of ammonia. And I'm delighted to be joined by Ruth Sharp, group editor for the Raw Materials teams and also editor of the Argus Ammonia Weekly and Daily Reports. Hi, Ruth. Hi, Mike. Thank you very much for having me on. It's an absolute pleasure. Now, Ruth started her career with Argus all the way back in 2009 and initially covered the coal market for three years before coming editor of the Coking Coal and Biomass Reports in 2012. Then went on to become US Freight Editor and then made the move to Fertilisers where she joined the team to become the deputy editor on the Nitrogen Report in 2016, and then quickly got her own editorship, taking the reins of the Global Ammonia Report in 2017. And she presided over a massive expansion in Argus coverage ever since. Ruth, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you here with me, fresh back from the Argus Clean Ammonia Conference, which took place in Antwerp. How was that? Thanks, Mike. Antwerp was great. It was a very busy conference, really interesting. We got even more people than last year and there's just such a thirst for knowledge, really, and for ammonia and clean ammonia and all the expansion that's happening. So it was great to see the room full of people each day. So yeah, had a great time in Antwerp. It was also a really good Port of Antwerp tour we did. We went out on the boat and saw all the terminals, which, you know, always great to see when you spend I, a long time I love a boat. these things. I absolutely <laughs> love that. I love that yeah. tour because we're, we're nerds, aren't we? Now, now, um, this week, Ruth, we're going to be looking at the expansion of US ammonia capacity. It's likely moved to becoming a net exporter, what that means in terms of changing global trade flows and how Argus has actually responded in terms of launching specific new prices. But firstly, Ruth, perhaps you can just paint a brief picture of how US ammonia exports have expanded and why that's happened. Sure, yes. Yeah. So yes, the ammonia market has really been tracking the growth of US exports for the past few years. And we're all been tracking when this new capacity is coming online. It's getting pretty close now, but it's kind of reached the points where it's going to have quite a significant knock-on impact on global trade flows next year. Maybe to put that into context, so looking at the estimates, we think that US Gulf exports this year are potentially going to exceed imports into the US Gulf, or at least equal them which is quite a significant milestone. I think from our numbers, we think that US Gulf exports could be between 1.1 and 1.2 million tonnes this year, whilst imports could be around 1.1 million tonnes. Up to this point, the US has always been a swing exporter. It's never had huge impact on the key price points. And the US has also been traditionally the world's biggest ammonia import region. I think about 10 years ago, it was probably around 6 million tonnes of imports, but steadily over the past few years, new production capacity has come in based on the cheaper gas and reduced its import demand. So that's essentially why we're about to see this big change from imports to exports. And the big capacity that we're tracking is the Gulf Coast ammonia plant, which is expected to come online probably early next year. This could add around 1.3 million tonnes of export capacity to the region, so could potentially double its current export capacity. So where this will go and what markets it might potentially displace is probably one of the biggest talking points in the market right now. Okay, and I guess at the same time, we're talking about the US moving beyond being a swing exporter now being a a net exporter and a major player Mm -hmm. on the global trade front. We have also seen, though, some other key changes in global trade dynamics following the loss of Russian supply. So Mm -hmm. these sort of various things are conflating. Perhaps, Ruth, you can just talk us through that as well. 
Yes, because I think that's probably driven the rise of US golf exports in the past 18 months. So at the end of February 2022, we obviously saw the immediate loss of Russian ammonia supply, which at the time equated to around 4 million tonnes a year, and obviously the world's biggest export region. So this brought additional ammonia into the market from many regions. Obviously, Trinidad and the Middle East managed to cover some of the loss, but the increase in US exports to Europe in particular was another big trend that was a knock-on impact of that. At the time, I guess it did change trade flows quite a lot. I mean, you saw ammonia come from Indonesia and Australia, I think, to Europe last year because it was such a huge supply shock. So ammonia coming from everywhere to cover up it. But the market has rebalanced over the last 12 months or so. But one of the trade routes that has kept going is this US to Europe. It's obviously the longer haul routes from Southeast Asia and they're very expensive. And that's not something that can keep going with the amount of freight expenses that will cost. Whereas from the US to Europe, it's only a a week's journey. There's a lot more availability from the US Gulf hubs such as Freeport and Beaumont and Donaldsonville. And the other issue that's happened in the background is the high European production costs. So the ability of big producers in Europe to bring over US ammonia has been one of the key trends that we've seen and that we are likely to keep seeing because of these high export and high production costs in Europe. That's the perfect segue into the next question, really, because we've seen the downturn in ammonia and nitrogen production in Europe the last sort of two Q4s and into Q1 for different reasons. And you've obviously seen that loss of Russian supply through Pivdeni. This all brings European ammonia production viability into very sharp focus. Perhaps you can talk a little bit just how European import reliance has risen post that hike in gas prices. Yes, it's been the key driver really in the market is what's happening with European production costs and what is happening to European gas costs. And that wasn't really one of the key drivers in the global market before. Essentially, from a very broad perspective, European production rates are much lower than they used to be because costs are much higher than they used to be. The cost of production for an, a European ammonia plant is probably around five or six hundred dollars per tonne right now. I mean, that it spiked into the thousands last year and it used to be probably around two hundred dollars a tonne a few years ago. So the viability of a European ammonia production is under threat. It was actually quite interesting in Antwerp how many people, when making their investment decisions, are now assuming that European ammonia production will probably largely close down in the years ahead and people will switch to importing. Um, You've already seen it in the UK. You've seen CFUK decide to close down their ammonia production and they're bringing in American ammonia and from other regions as well. But they've made the longer term decision that it's best to and cheaper to import ammonia. And there are several other regions where we think they're weighing up their trend, what they're going to do with their strategy for next year. So essentially, we might see the cost of production isn't ever going to return to what it was anytime soon. And we are seeing obviously a lot of new capacity that's about to hit the ammonia market. So it makes sense that you probably will see more and more European ammonia imports next year and the years ahead. That's astounding when you think how much capacity there is in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, the lower cost plants are still be around for a while, but it's all kind of interlinked, isn't it? And that's why mm. we we were kind of thinking that there was the market was going to be massively oversupplied with new capacity coming online in the Middle East last year and the US next year. But essentially, there, there is an opportunity for them in Europe to ship a lot of this towards Europe. 
and we're seeing that in lots of other markets as well. You know, you've seen it with the, mm. with the reliance on gas from other, you know, non-traditional sources. You've seen it with how they were sourcing nitrogen and phosphates in 2022. You know, and that despite all the fact that there were no actual sanctions against Russian fertilizers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the trade flows changes have been remarkable. And it's not just European production assets that are actually under threat, is it? No, I think it's the European assets which are under threat of the permanent closure. There are other regions, obviously the other high cost regions, when you do see new capacity come online, we often see the price go down and less volatility and higher cost production, say in places like Trinidad or North Africa or or Indonesia. We often see these plants come offline if we hit their cost of production. I guess if there's a lot more coming out of the US, it probably does put places like Trinidad under more strain. And they and they have a lot of issues there with their gas supply anyway. So it will be interesting to see how Trinidad producers choose to operate and what markets they're targeting for next year. But the cost of production in the US is much cheaper. Their gas costs and there are far less restrictions and curtailments based in that region compared to Trinidad. So Trinidad is still the world's biggest ammonia exporter exporter, but it faces the threat from this from this US ammonia. They're both going to be targeting similar markets, I imagine, in the years to come. And of course, every time trade flows change, we need to reflect that. And that's changing our requirements for pricing in the Americas region. So how has Argus ammonia coverage altered in light of this, Ruth? So we've made the move to streamline our Americas prices in the last few months. The main part of this is that we have separated our Caribbean and US Gulf FOB number. We now publish Caribbean FOB and we've launched a separate for US Gulf price. We launched that, I believe, in the beginning of September. So we have these two key price points for the region. And like I said, we did used to try and kind of cover the US exports as part of the Caribbean, but for all the reasons we've discussed, and you know there's going to be so many exports from the US from four key export hubs. I think, as I mentioned, we've got Freeport, Beaumont, Donaldsonville, and we've got Texas City coming up from GCA. So it is very much evolved into its own pricing region. It's obviously also subject to import duty into Europe, whereas Trinidad isn't. So there are completely different trading dynamics between the two regions now and very much needs its own FOB benchmark in the region. And the other thing to mention is that we are expiring our Caribbean Tampa netback price at the end of this month as well, partly to reflect the reduced volumes between those two regions. But it also means that we've got the clarity of just having two FOB America's prices, one from the Caribbean and one from the US Gulf, where we can reflect both spots and contractual shipments from the region. Wonderful. It sounds like you're very much on top of market developments, Ruth. It's uh, great stuff. Thank you for your time. That brings us to the end of this Argus Fertiliser Matters podcast. My sincere thanks to Ruth Sharp, editor of the Argus Ammonia Reports, for her fascinating insights. Thanks very much, Mike. Thanks, everyone. Hope to be on again soon. I'm sure you will be. And as always, thanks for listening. And don't forget to look out for the next episode, which we will record in a couple of weeks time. Until then, this is Mike Nash for Argus Media. Bye for now. 